Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, a while back there was a story in the Tacoma, Washington newspaper. It was a story about a basset hound named Tattoo. Have you ever seen a basset hound? Drooping ears, big body, real short legs, sad face. One evening, the owner and the dog didn't communicate very well, and somehow the owner shut the dog's leash in the car door and left the dog on the outside of the car. The owner, not knowing that tattoo was outside the vehicle, went for a drive. And as the police officer tells it, I noticed a passing vehicle with something strange dragging behind it. When he pulled up closer, he said, speaking of his legs, that basset hound was picking them up and putting them down as fast as he could. The officer pulled the car over and Tattoo was rescued and survived, but not before the dog had reached speeds of 20 to 25 miles per hour. How many of you can identify with Tattoo? picking them up and putting them down as fast as you can. We are in Winnipeg. It's the winter. And the way we get from any place from here to there can be very difficult during this season. Whether it's driving down the road, walking down the sidewalk, sometimes it's icy. We're bound to lose our grip and when that happens, trouble is in the air. And so during a season like this, one thing to remember that can help prevent accidents from happening is to remember to slow down. And that's what we're talking about today. Slowing down. Because we're moving way too fast. We live in a fast world. We eat fast food. It might not be good. It might not be good for you. But it's fast. One thing you can't have though is fast relationships when you live life this fast it is inevitable that there will be an accident a responsibility forgotten an opportunity to help ignored a relationship broken someone is going to get hurt it could very well be you we're going to spend the next month talking about the fast-paced hurried life how to find focus in life and how we don't have to have everything and we don't have to do everything. You will hopefully discover that not only is Jesus the source of your salvation, he is the source and power of your daily life. Don't you want that? None of that is going to happen for you if you don't slow down. You will not receive the full benefit of this next month if you don't decide to slow down. You will need to say no to some of the demands upon your hurried life so you can receive God's healing and help. Today we focus our attention on the Gospel of Mark. Mark's Gospel is the most 21st century compatible Gospel of the four. Because it's a fast-paced, hurry-up, let's-get-after-it-let's-get-it-done, no-time-to-waste-with-extra-dialogue kind of gospel. The word immediately appears 40 times in Mark's gospel, which is the shortest gospel of them all, 16 chapters. 
And the next shortest, John's Gospel, is 21 chapters. Mark tells the story of Jesus being baptized, and then he says, The Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. Jesus encounters Simon and Andrew fishing and invites them to be his disciples. And Mark says, And immediately they left their nets and followed him. After calling the disciples, Jesus had a very busy day. He preaches all morning, and then he casts out an evil spirit. In the afternoon, he healed Peter's mother-in-law. And just when it looked like he could kick back and relax, it says, the whole city was gathered together at the door. Someone begged, Jesus, I heard about what you did for that demon-possessed man. Can you do that for my son? Would you heal my daughter? What about me? So Jesus loved them, cared for them, touched them, and healed them way into the night. Throughout the gospel of Mark, Jesus heals people, casts out demons, brings the dead back to life, and at one point the people were immediately overcome with amazement. Going back to that last day, finally, after this fast-paced, successful day and night of ministry, it says about Jesus, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. We could call this a timeout. Now, I know some parents use timeouts for their children as a measure of discipline. But instead of putting your child in timeout, you would rather put yourself in one for an extended time, right? Timeouts are good. In sports, the good teams know how to use timeouts wisely. Timeouts can be used to slow the momentum of the opposition, to regroup and recall the game plan, to develop the next play. All of us need to call timeout to regroup to be revitalized by God, and to recall his plan for our lives. That's what Jesus did. This was his pattern. After this busy day, he calls time out and spends time with his father. Today is the day we celebrate the transfiguration of Jesus. You heard it in the gospel reading. Luke tells us that before Jesus is transfigured on the mountain, he goes up there to pray. Read through the Gospels, and you'll see that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places like mountains to pray. On the night before he chooses the twelve disciples, he called time out and spent the night in prayer. Mark tells us that when Jesus chooses his disciples, two of the reasons for choosing them is, first, that they might be with him. And that's what prayer, Bible study, worship is about. And second, that he might send them out to preach. Too often, we want to do things for God before being with God. You may have found yourself in various circumstances, whether it's at work or volunteering or even at home, where you've heard the phrase, don't just stand there, do something. There are those times in life when instead of being so busy doing something, we need to call time out and be still. God has called you into his family. For many of you, it happened first through baptism. And his family, as his family, he wants to spend time with you. Jesus wants you to be with him, to be with him as you have devotional time, as you come to worship, as your small group studies the book of Philippians over the next month. You know what could happen? You could discover as you spend time with God 
that your identity is not in how much you get done or how good you look to others or yourself. Your identity is in Jesus Christ. You could discover that you are loved and you are valuable. Now, God doesn't love you because you're valuable. You're valuable because God loves you. You're valuable because God has brought you into his family. We need to take time to call time out, to press the pause button to this quickened, never-ending, rushed pace of life. We can never grow in our relationship with God or any relationship if we're constantly on the run. We spend too much time on the run and too little time on our knees. If we're going to grow close to God, if we're going to regroup and be reinvigorated, we need to slow down. Are you going to do it? Jesus went off to a solitary place and called time out. Do you have a quiet place? A quiet place to go and remember what life is supposed to be about. If you don't have one, I have three words for you. Look for one. Once, after Jesus went off to that solitary place to pray, Mark writes, And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go on to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. Timeouts help you prepare to do what's best. Timeout with God doesn't lead to indifference or inactivity. It leads to action, the right action. After calling timeout, Jesus was able to make that decision of what to say no to and what to say yes to. The answer was that the Father's will was for Jesus to branch out and preach in other villages. And in order to be faithful to the Father's plan for his life, he had to turn down opportunities in other directions. Sometimes saying yes to God means saying no to other opportunities. The most important opportunity Jesus didn't turn down was going to the cross for us. Jesus came to preach, but he also came to give his life for the world. And the night when Jesus was betrayed, when Judas came to have him arrested, the moment Jesus' life was anticipating, leading up to, building up to, the struggle that he had with what, act, what that actually meant, what's Jesus doing? Praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. And what does he ultimately pray for? Exactly what he gave us in the Lord's Prayer. Thy will be done. And God's will was done. That meant Jesus going to the cross for us, for our sins, for all the times we think that we can run this fast-paced life on our own without him. For every time we make ourselves God and choose whatever path we want to go down, which is usually the one that leads to more sin. That sin only leads to death. That's why Jesus came, to rescue us from eternal death, to rescue us from hell. Jesus knew where his priorities stood. He knew what was most important. Not for himself, but for you. And that is the salvation of the world. This was accomplished through his death and resurrection. And he wants us to see what is most important too. In your time out with God, you can ask. Show me the best use of my time. Ask him for discernment to see if certain activities are just an attractive distraction away from him 
Hebrews 12.1 says, Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Weight is not necessary. So what is your weight? What is slowing you down? Ironically, it may be your speed of life. The tendency is to keep adding things to our schedules. Jesus had one purpose and only one purpose. And that was to give his life for us as a payment for our sin. He had singular focus. Our lives aren't that way. Our lives are way too overcrowded. You've got way too much going on in your life. What we're asking in the next month is time in God's word for you. There are devotionals that accompany the Bible studies where you can set aside time out each day. We have weekly Bible studies that will take a small chunk of your day once a week. And we will preach on this series Sunday mornings. For some of you, you might need to cut out something before you start. What are you going to cut out? Because as the saying goes, if you burn the candle at both ends, you are not as bright as you think you are. One of the reasons that we don't slow down and take time out with God is that we don't find it productive. We feel like we need to be doing something and prayer and faith conversations with others don't feel busy or active enough. Face it, we believe that if we slow down, we won't get everything done. We are a people in a society that applaud speed. We say, you did a great job. You got that done fast. We are suspicious when things are slow. But listen to what the word of God tells us. Psalm 37. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. And Psalm 46. Be still and know that I am God. We want you to take time out and trust God's word. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. Do you believe that if you spend more time with God that God is able to provide all you need? Slowing down is a matter of trust. We are never going to handle the issue of time unless we first trust God and see that he is able. And he helps us to do this. He gives us the faith to believe and trust in him and take time out for him through the power of the Holy Spirit. Our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is able, able to save, able to forgive, able to reinvigorate, able to give insight, able to fill in the gaps that are left because you are spending more time getting God's perspective. He is able. Amen. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.